Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Dank and Timothy Go and Chua Tian with you. Time to turn our attention to headlines out of the Southeast Asian region. Very interesting headline coming out this weekend. Um, Malaysia cancelling a music festival after so-called misbehavior from the lead singer of a British band in 1975. Yeah, let's get some analysis on that. Plus, who will likely be Thailand's next prime minister? Dr. Felix Tan, political observer at Nanyang Technological University, is on the line. Dr. Felix, good afternoon. How are you? Hi. I'm good. Good afternoon to the both of you as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about this 1975 problem uh, in Malaysia. Uh, Matt Healy, the front man, slamming the country's anti-LGBTQ laws. Even kissed a bandmate on stage just a month ago. Japanese singer Rina Sawayama calling out Matt Healy for racist remarks without actually mentioning his name, mm. but talking about controversies surrounding this guy. So why is he still allowed to perform? <laughs> <laughs> now, why were they allowed to perform? I think uh, the organizer of that music festival, I think, managed to negotiate with the Malaysian authorities to begin with to say that, okay, we will have, you know, certain things in place to ensure that, you know, the participants in this music festival will not break the law. Mm. Uh, well, unfortunately, I think we have, as we, as we have seen, uh, this ban, the 1975, has actually broken the local laws, at least within Malaysia, at least, yeah. So, is there going to be a blame game for this one? Because they were allowed in knowing the controversy behind the band and what, when you're on stage, it's beyond anyone's control yeah. what you can do. And once it's done, it's done. <laughs> you know, there's always a safe thing, you know, that, you know, if you're on stage, you can do whatever you want. But I think, you know, coming into a, to perform in a country, you respect the rights and the law of the country that you're in. So I think it's it's not about blame game at this point in time. It's just that at least, you know, Malaysia has allowed them to perform and give them the benefit of the doubt, at least to the organizers, not so much the band, mm. because the promise comes from the organizers and not so much from the band themselves. So I think it's, it's about giving that sort of like, all right, we'll give it a chance and see, you know, what, what you know, just for the supporters, for Malaysians who are, you know, attending the concert, attending the music festival. So there's this opportunity to open up the doors, you know, mm-hmm. to come into Malaysia. But I think, unfortunately, this has happened. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Felix, uh, Malaysian opposition leader Hamza Zainuddin questioning the double standards of the government on how it handled, um, well, one incident being the 1975 one and the other being caretaker Kedah Chief Minister Muhammad Sanusi Muhammad Noor. Mm. Could I trouble you for a little bit of context on this and your thoughts on it? Well, okay. I think the, the backstory for that, well, the music festival, we are very clear about that. But yeah. I think for Muhammad Sanusi Muhammad Noor, I think uh, he was actually uh, arrested uh, because he made seditious remarks uh, against insulting the Selangor ruler, Sultan Sharafuddin Idris Shah. So I think that was one. I think it's a more serious charge as compared to the music festival. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Sanusi was arrested immediately, but you did not see any arrest of the, you know, Madhiri and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, but I think, you know, let's not conflate the seriousness of these two issues together. On the one hand, in the case of Sanusi, there is a more dangerous precedent if such seditious views were not tackled immediately. Mm-hmm. And we also have to understand that you know, at this point in time, state elections will be taking place and such views would actually have domestic political implications. And so it's a no-go. 
But on the other hand, the music festival issue is really more of a, a culture kind of thing. And yeah. unfortunately, it targeted a minority group. Yeah. And this particular case is LGBT. So, you know, there's no excuse for it anyway. But there's two different issues at hand. Sure. Now, there are some concerns, of course, uh, from the LGBT. TQ community that they might receive a backlash because of this and there were accusations of what what you call that white savior white knight savior syndrome against the band's lead singer as well do you think these are legitimate yeah, unfortunately, I think there will be some backlash on the LGBTQ community, you know, and there will be finger pointing that, you know, look at this community. They are bringing all these sort of Western influence, Western mm. culture into our Asian society and so on and so forth. But I think by and large, I don't think this this incident will have a serious impact on the LGBT community. I mean, like, you know, we can see and they are already a marginalized group that is facing persecution from the Malaysian authorities and not just Malaysian authorities I mean across Asia as well mm. but I think this incident does nobody any good I think it's really already an uphill task an uphill struggle for the LGBTQ community in Malaysia to be accepted to integrate properly into society and I think this incident will only highlight the trauma of yeah. what the, that community is going through in Malaysia yeah, yeah, for sure. Dr. Felix, let's uh, get some updates on Malaysia's state elections, see how things are going. Your thoughts mm. on uh, the state of Penang remaining loyal to Democratic Action Party. Years of voting, anything but UMNO. Where are we now? I think, well, given that now you have a unity government and uh, DAP is with Anwar Ibrahim's unity government inside there and with, it, with UMNO as well. But I think what happened is that the DAP will still continue to hold on to the reins in Penang State. I think uh, that's going to be, hopefully, hopefully, and that will be the norm. But there might be a slip in the support for the DAP. And that is because of this, like what you have also pointed out, the association yeah. with its historical nemesis, you know, um, no. But I think at the end of the day, it really depends on how the DAP is able to convince their supporters that it is partnering the Pakatan Harapan Coalition, not so much AMNO, right. because it is led by Anwar Ibrahim. And AMNO just happens to be part of this unity government. So I think for the sake of stability, they can explain that it is therein lies this sort of partnership. Well, I'm not too sure whether it's going to be long term or just, you know, temporarily for now. So, Doctor, if this state, uh, the state elections are being seen as oh. indirect referendum on the Prime Minister, how would this pose political risk for Muhyiddin Yassin? Mm, okay. I think for Muhyiddin Yassin, you know, uh, he, he was close to forming the government last year as well. And I think uh, if you look at it, he is from the Basatu political party and it's part of the Perikatan National. Well, the, the main opposition coalition as well. So I think uh, this election uh, will reflect on the support and perhaps, you know, pose a sort of a referendum on Mr. Muhyiddin's uh, political career if he doesn't win at all or if he wins, you know, by a small margin. But I think, you know, if we look back again, uh, Muhyiddin Yassin is facing some legal hurdles at this point in time. He has been charged with four counts of abuse of power, three counts of money laundering, and also facing a defamation suit. So it doesn't seem to be, you know, too good for him. And also within his own party, he's facing a challenge from his uh, party secretary general, Hamza Zainuddin. So I think if he wins, he might be able to take charge again. If he doesn't, well, I think all this will come fast and furious.
All right, Dr. Felix, let's uh, move on to talk about uh, something that you've shown in recent months to be quite the specialist in Thai politics. <laughs> Before we go into all the juicy stuff, right, just at the surface, the fact that you've got another postponement to elect the next prime minister, did you ever think that Thai politics would end up being in such turmoil? I think it's quite unexpected that it will end up in such a stalemate, you know, of this sort. It has uh, created a scenario that, you know, the progress has stalled. You know, everything is on and this, like, frozen time timeline. Yeah. Uh, it, it is indeed a, very, a shame, you know, that Thai politics have become so divided. And not just within, you know, between the conservatives and, the, well, you want to call it the liberals or the progressives, right? But within the coalition itself, you know, I, I have contacts in, in Thailand who have been telling me that, you know, uh, Per Thai has been receiving a lot of backlash <laughs> because they, some of them did not vote for Peter Lim Jamron Rudd right. and the Move Forward Party. So I think, you know, uh, Per Thai is not looking good either. Uh, so it's, 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 that's the situation. That was my thought all along. Why should they support another party when they can derail the, the candidacy of the prime minister and put up their own uh, yeah, ministerial ex- candidate. Exactly, exactly. I think that is what was Per Thai's intention, you see. So if Peter Linda Ronrat doesn't become the Prime Minister, well, he has to rely on Per Thai party. And so in indirectly, Per Thai gets to hold on to power mm-hmm. uh, in the new government. So I think that was perhaps the intention. And I think uh, the Thais are seeing it through. And mm-hmm. even supporters for Per Thai have been saying that this is rather disingenuous on Per Thai. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, they it's have, politics. Yeah, they <laughs> have the political experience to do this oh, as yeah. a kingmaker. Lose to win. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and now we've got Father Taksin coming it's back. Coming back to town. So <laughs> that will definitely fire up his support base. Exactly. So, yeah, he still has a lot of support in, within, you know, in Thailand, although it's very, very divisive. But I think, you know, Perta has always been, you know, talking about bringing taxing back in and, well, it seems to be on track. Is it strange for you, uh, Doctor, that after, what, more than a decade now since Taksin mm-hmm. left, his shadow looms large over Thai politics? <laughs> Yeah, I think that it definitely does. You know, he is seen by uh, many uh, within Thailand, at least, you know, in the northeastern parts of Thailand, to be their saviour, their hero in that sense in politics. So I think the support is still there, although we can see that Move Forward Party has, you know, broken that sort of traditional base. But still, that support is still there. And I think 10 years on, they still see him as an alternative or a better alternative to the old conservatives the military, you know, mm. in that sense. Well, he's heading back to Thailand August the 10th. Uh, remind us to thank him for being considerate enough not to take away our August the 9th thunder. Uh, and I suppose we will be speaking with you again, Dr. Felix, uh, with regards right. to developments. I've been speaking with Dr. Felix Tan, political observer, Nanyang Technological University. As always, we appreciate your time. Have a great evening ahead. All right. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.